yeah cheers guys for your time and uh thanks for coming on um do we want to give a quick introduction into who you are and who you're representing okay so i'll start uh my name is ludovic uh i come from switzerland i play for the men's team here i've been playing since 2015 and i played my first european championship in 2017 i think in glasgow yeah and I'm Tim, I play for Scotland, um, playing since 2011, um, so quite a while, um, and yeah. Yeah, let's kick off with Switzerland then. Um, so Ludwig, what were your uh, expectations and hopes heading into, heading into the European Championships in Newcastle? Um, so... In Switzerland, it's maybe different from your countries. We don't have a lot of pressure. We are not like hoping to to win or anything, but just be better every year. That was our main, yeah, our main goal. And we just played uh, the best we can. And we, yeah, we it we for the men's team, for example, we were in a tough group against Northern Ireland and Austria. So. It was lucky for us to play against the best team in the world, but against again, yeah, it was a bit tough. <laughs> we got two beatings, but yeah, then we, yeah, we were not expecting much. Just play the best we can. That was the same for your mixed and women's as well. Yeah, for yeah, for the the mixed mixed um like. Uh, they they are um, a team in the middle, just trying to yeah to play play their best and enjoy playing, and they were really great and very positive team, so it was great. And for the women, it was a bit yeah a bit more difficult for them because we had only eight women for both mixed and women, and three of them never played an international tournament, so yeah. They were a bit scared about this tournament sometimes, and it has not been easy for them, but yeah, f fun anyway. You mentioned about the, uh, the lack of experience that, um, that some of your Swiss guys had. Um, yeah. what's, like the, what's the domestic setup in Switzerland? Do you have much of a dodgeball, a dodgeball league in which you play? How regularly do you guys play and train? Yeah, so um, we have a league. Uh, we started a league Three years ago, we had one championship with two teams, only two teams. Then we had one year opposed. Yeah, we couldn't do it because the other team was not ready and couldn't do it. And this year we had um, we had a league with three teams. The problem is we um, one team just like the whole club was created a year ago. Uh, every player are new players, so it's. Yeah, we have a team. We play six times a year. Uh, we have a league. Sorry, we have a league. We play six times a year, but it's not like a proper team. We we don't have really a lot of real tense games. Uh, I play for the Foxes in Lausanne. Uh, we finished uh, unbeaten in all three categories. So it was not. I don't want to yeah upset all the clubs in Switzerland. Maybe they're listening, but yeah, we. It was not a challenge for us, and that's our main problem because, yeah, we cannot really 
push ourselves to be better and better. We do that at training. Training are more intense than the league. Yeah, I think that's... Um, yeah, well, I was speaking to uh, some of the other nations where they've been saying that their biggest, their biggest uh, stopper in development is the lack of regular um, top quality play that they can have. For teams like Switzerland, where the league is uh, in, in its fetal stage at best, the fact that you guys only have probably CECs and Euros to properly test yourselves means that you're, yes, you can do, you can look to do better each time, but your uh, rate of growth is is limited somewhat. Yeah, we, we feel like we're always one step behind because every time we try to adapt to the last tournament, for example, now we are just going to work for six, six months on, um, yeah, on Newcastle, trying to build on what we learned. But then when we arrive at, uh, in, at, that's our CC next. So yeah, we, we are going to arrive at the CC and playing a dodgeball that is six, year, six months old. So we're always, yeah, one step behind. And we've seen what uh, playing regular dodgeball can do to a team, like for Czech Republic when we they joined the Austrian championship. And they, yeah, they got so much better so fast. So yeah. Is the sport growing in Switzerland? Is there, um, is there likely to be a league development in the near future? Uh, we try, we're trying to do that. We're working a lot, but we have a really small group of people. So we're doing like everything. <laughs> we're like 10 of us are really active and trying to do everything. So yeah, it's difficult, but we may have a possibility for a fourth club in the future. Uh, uh, one of us is doing, yeah, he's uh, bringing dodgeball to high school in Yverdon, so maybe that will bring some people and make us known better. And we have the CEC in, in um, February, so that's a big opportunity for us. We hope we can, yeah, make that useful for us. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go on to Scotland next and then we'll go yeah. uh, <laughs> talk, a more, talk a bit more about just all general Euro stuff. Yeah. So, Tim, same question. What were, uh, what were Scotland's hopes and expectations uh, heading, heading, to New, heading to Newcastle? Um, well, for us, I think for both the men's and the mixed, it was to get to the semi-final and then ideally come away with a medal. Um, so in both of those, we got to the semi-final and then unfortunately uh, lost to two very strong teams in um, England and Northern Ireland. Um, so I think that was slightly disappointing but uh we did have a fairly inexperienced squad um so actually on on reflection later actually i think everyone played really well and should be really proud in managing to get fourth and then i think for the women's uh although obviously uh not quite as partial to their chats and stuff i i think the hope was to get through to the knockout stages and then sort of see how far they could go based off who they were playing uh but i think they were unfortunately um knocked out uh and then ended up finishing top out of the placement games yeah well in the because your women are in the same group as wales women and i remember us looking at that draw and thinking that could go like all four teams probably could finish anyway between first and fourth realistically um, yeah 
it, it's one where that's both a very nice group and a really nasty group. Yeah. Because if you're on form, then you could very easily come top and then get the nicer seeding throughout the rest of the tournament. But conversely, as you said, if other teams are on, on their form and you're not playing particularly well, there's no easy game to sort of get the ball rolling. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> yeah, I was quite um I was quite interested to see how you guys would do given the given the sheer amount of turnover that you guys have had um in your playing squad, men's side especially, but then that also transfers well into the mix. Because I know that when, when that happened to Wales it took us a good few years of like road to recovery. Not trying to guilt trip you or anything. <laughs> um but yeah, so the fact that you managed to get fourth places, uh, yeah, like you say, must be pretty pretty pleased with that. Uh, yeah, I, I think the benefit we we had is that actually all of those players had been playing in the squad for a fair while. I think there was only one or two people that were sort of new this year. Everyone else had been sort of at least at training for quite a while. And also having the um, Home Nations League uh, really helps because it's actually that opportunity to to put those players in that haven't had a chance to play at Euros and actually face that other high-level opposition in an actual game and actually give them that game time, uh, obviously only against one nation, but it's still that valuable experience in dealing with that pressure that is put on them. Yeah, and I think that loops back round to Ludwig's point about this just the lack of experience just stunting any growth the fact that the fact that we as the home nations have had that experience puts uh gives us an edge a lot on that on that sort of thing yeah i totally agree oh, i, I want to uh, mention about your court final against italy in the men's that was one of the most riveting games i think of the entire euros it was absolutely superb yeah we we had quite a few games that they're just sort of uh, kept kept everyone on their toes a little bit, should we say, um, both against Italy um, and also our game against Sweden. Um, in the group, yeah. In the, in the group game, which we would have hoped to just sort of secure fairly, I wouldn't say easily, but secure the game before the last set, um, which I think it ended up being. Um, but yeah, it, in those sort of games, I think, it was really key that we had, I think, a bit more depth than Italy did. Uh, and also exactly the same for the Sweden game, where when players started getting that little bit more tired, we still had other players we could bring on that had had high-level game experience that we knew, OK, they may not go out there and be the best player on the court, but actually they're going to do what we need them to do in that situation. Um, and the amount of players that we brought on sort of cold halfway through a game and just performed exactly how they needed to, even making catches and stuff like that, uh, was just really well well done by all of the players. Cool. Yeah, so I suppose um, having come away from it, being quite close to a medal on the men's and mixed, what's your... Uh, like what next? What next for you guys? What is your uh, what is your plan for how you can try and crack that top three? Um, well, I actually I think it's quite quite similar to actually all of the other nations that we need to develop more in Scotland and 
build up a larger player base because um, actually, if you look at it, uh, the Scottish League, as well as the Welsh League, is slightly weaker than the English and Northern Irish Leagues, um, and as well as the Austrian Leagues. And that just makes such a big difference in actually getting those high-level players and really making players have to push themselves at training as well, where they can't just go, actually, I'm comfortably in the squad, so I don't really need to put the effort in um, because I'm still going to be selected. Um, and then on that front, I think we we are trying to really get out to more Scottish universities, um, which is where I think most dodgeballers started playing to really try and get them into the sport at, at A level to then keep on driving that forward. And they are working to improve the Scottish leagues as well. Yeah, I suppose that's an interesting point that I probably hadn't really considered that there probably are, are how many how many universities in Scotland play? Yeah, um, I think it's only sort of two or three, but even then it's it's one of those things where yes, a university may play dodgeball, but do they actually do it under the, the same rule set? Do they do it to enter the competitions? Do they just do it as sort of a fun thing where they'll just enter and have a laugh? Um, because that's the thing. There is a wide disparity between sort of how unis treat sport while while they're there. Um, and especially with dodgeball being that sort of quite niche sport that sounds like a laugh. Um, actually, that's how sort of a lot of university clubs started being like, oh, that'd be great fun. And then people have then got hooked and never stopped playing. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's a case of just driving that, getting more universities going, and then we can really hope to get the players from that. Yeah, I suppose, again, it's always a bit of a... Um, as much as you can try and get people playing playing dodgeball, if the competition isn't there, then the overall standard struggles to improve at the same rate as, as if, if there is the intense competition there. So, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty tough nut to crack, definitely. Mm. Cool. Um, I suppose open question to the floor. What any um, any sort of points on Euros you want to general points you want to want to raise about any other nations or um, anything in general? Um, I thought Netherlands played incredibly well um, this year. Uh, I it it was one where. You always sort of think, oh, they're, they're quite a new team. We don't really expect anything of them. They should be a nice, easy game. They won't really trouble anyone. And then suddenly, like, these teams just turn up and you can really see that they put in the effort between each year's Euros. And, mm. like, the difference was really outstanding. Um, and they were, they were really actually pushing teams that you would have thought would have not had any issues with them at all. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I think especially on the, D the Dutch women's side is um, an incredibly cohesive unit. And I think, was it last year as they drew to Northern Ireland or something like that? Drew or beat Northern Ireland's women or something like that? So yeah, they are definitely uh, definitely not a team to be underestimated. Um, I was definitely impressed playing against them in the mixed as well. Because um, I think they ended up getting seventh or eighth in the mixed. I can't really remember off the top of my head. Mixed, they finished seventh. 
just behind Wales and in front of France. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that uh, shows the kind of calibre of team they are. Uh, Ludovic, any, any thoughts from you? Um, about the tournament, maybe. Um, about, I, you said that already in other um, in the other episodes, but I felt like the fair, fair play was absolutely amazing this year. So yeah, last year in Italy we had several problems with other teams. We I I, I remember myself getting tense sometimes because of oh opponents were playing and acting. And this year we I I have not seen anything problematic. I mean it was crazy or everybody was playing fair. Fair uh yeah. That's my main point. That's what I'll remember from this tournament. I think. Why, why do you think? Why do you think that was? Why do you think the fair play was a step up this I, time comparison to last times? I would say maybe I'm wrong, but I would say it's the um, committee, the new committee. Uh, I remember last year there were there were several uh, cases of, of claims people did to the committee. And then they review every every actions, and they gave us yeah. They, I think they someone was uh, had a sanction or something. I don't remember really well, but I think the committee played a a big part in that. So no people players knew they wouldn't be okay if they were like cheating. You 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 can feel that there were going to be consequences. Maybe that's maybe it. With the cameras too, the new cameras, but they were here in Italy too. It didn't, it didn't really change. The committee was, for me, in my opinion, big change. Uh, I, I think with that, it, it started with Italy with the cameras, but it's, it's going to be a slow process because if you're used to either cheating or just confirming with the ref every time that you're out, um, as opposed to actually just going off when you know you've been hit. It's going to be a very hard habit to break. Um, and so actually, I think then coming through to this year, a lot of the teams have just sort of been going, we need to make sure we're playing honestly. There will be these cameras here. We don't want to be that team that everyone's sort of booing and like supporting against because they think you're cheating or you are cheating. And so I think it's been driven sort of from those cameras initially being there. And then through the whole year until this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's quite an interesting point that you raised about everyone not wanting to be the team that, um, like the pantomime villains, etc. Because that's all, that's been that's been England for a while, and I think this current England team is again, again is um, doesn't like look out of place for its. Uh, for its honesty and um, good sportsmanship within the game, but it's still a tag that they're struggling mm. to shake off. They, they suffer from the past. Yes, exactly. Um, I know Tim's already touched on the Netherlands, but any teams to keep an eye out for in the next Euros? I, I, I've written Wales. Woo! Because, yeah, um, I, I've been watching all of the Wales games from last year, and uh, b because we were in the same group, and I studied them, and I was like, okay, they played really def defensive, uh, careful dodgeball, a bit slow, 
yeah, a lot of catches and stuff. So we we prepared to face that. <laughs> and I was I was surprised when we see the team. Yeah, you guys worked really hard. You played great, great way. It was amazing to see. Really fun, fun game. Great players. I switched with Liam, so I can say uh, shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was for me. It was like the main, yeah, the main step up. Uh, it, that's an English word, I don't know. They, they, they played really great. Uh, the level increased a lot. So yeah, Wales for me. Um, I annoyingly, I was actually gonna say Wales as well. Um, <laughs> Just because they have their their team obviously uh, had a few issues and and they were quite an exodus, but you could just see it slowly building back up. And I think especially this year, it's you've really shown that actually they are now getting to that really competitive level where they're okay, maybe not getting results against those really strong teams at the top, but they're making sure they're consistently taking points and making sure that it's not just, cool, we're 10 points up, let's just sort of start doing lots of rotations. And actually, they're forced to keep their strong team on for most of the game. Um, but other than that, I, I'm just very interested to see how Spain will end up progressing. Um, obviously, they're only in the mix this year. Um, but I think they had quite a few players that looked like they could be very good. And I think if they get the opportunity to be playing regularly um, at some sort of high level, obviously you've got the same issue with not having a large league structure to really push them. But I think probably not next Euros, but maybe the one afterwards, actually they could be a team that really starts pushing again yeah i think that's one of the um one of the sort of interesting things for me is just how how close the the pack is um with the with teams probably probably on the top level from probably scotland and italy all the way down through teams like sweden republic of ireland and then teams like the netherlands switzerland there aren't many um, clear-cut games, really. Um, yeah, like, like you say, it's the teams that are going to be putting the most work and putting the most development between Euros that are going to start springing a few surprises. It's going to be going to be good to see. Well, also something to note is that there are now a lot less teams that are sort of revolving around a particularly strong player. Um, obviously, there are teams that do have those stronger players, um, and I'm going to take um, Italy for the example, yeah. where they've got an incredible player there. And in the past, basically, the way you would win would be we get this player out, and that sets ours. Um, and I think Sweden as well, um, with Swiss or Adam, um, where actually you target that player and then you're safe in the knowledge you can beat the rest of them uh but now actually that's no longer really there where the rest of the players have stepped up so that there is even a smaller gap within the team and it is more of a 
working as a team with just a better player amongst that team. Yeah, I think that's probably um, potentially part of a deeper point in that um, I think the game, the sort of tactical element um, of how to play and control a game is is another thing that all teams are developing. And playing as a team is always going to trump the the one exceptional player. So yeah, I think you are right in that um, they are having less of an influence, but I think that's possibly also due to uh, teams just learning how to play more as a unit rather than six individuals on court. And that's quite an interesting development to keep track of. Yeah. If I can say something about that, about, um, about being smart in the game, uh, I would say, uh, can I, 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 we've played against Austria in the main stage, men. Uh, in, yeah, in the group stage, and we we yeah we lost a lot to a uh, few, but uh, the problem was I after the game I felt frustrated. I was like, why am I feeling frustrated? Because we just got destroyed. And then I looked at the game on YouTube one, two, three, four times, and I'm I've noted that uh, ten times in the game. We were uh, Switzerland where we we had more players on the field in ten different sets, and two times, two more times, we finished one against one, and in the end, we only won three sets. So that's a lot of yeah. You you can see how uh, game management or set management or securing the set or being smarter is important. Then we were always at the point we we can manage to to play against them, but then when the key moment arrived, they just destroy us. They were just better, smarter, and that that's the big things I think now. It's every team, like you said, absolutely like you said, every team is getting smarter, is knowing the game better. I think that's um, that's probably not much. That does happen, that sort of thing. You only have to look as far as the men's semi-final, um, the first yeah. half of that, where England rock players in probably four or five of the six sets that were played in the first half and yes. didn't win a single one. So it's, uh, yeah, it's never it's never easy to finish off a finish off set. And, um, it happens to most, some of the most experienced of teams as well. Yeah. I think a lot of that is those individual players that are on the team with less players fully stepping up, um, as well as there being mistakes given from the other team. Um, like, I, onto your point, there are a few points where England just gave away silly possession or a catch or just did something that was just that little bit questionable. And it just gave those Northern... Northern Irish players a chance to something to then actually turn that game around, g up their whole team, and then just go from there. Yeah, I'd agree. Like they only need uh, England only needed to give them an inch, and then they took a yard, and then <laughs> that was yeah. But that that is yeah, that game was pretty phenomenal to say the least. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Any more for any more? Any final words? Mm, no, for me it's okay. I would. I, I had written also that for me the, the gap 
was closing between teams, but you already talked about that. I mean, <laughs> when yeah, when you see the draw, you look at the groups, and yeah, we we had really tough groups. But then you look at other groups, and you're like, oh, all of them are awful. <laughs> there is no yeah, everybody's great. Everybody's playing better and better. So yeah, the the level is increasing every year. That's amazing. Uh, for me, I think it's only to touch on something you've mentioned previously uh, had brought up with the uh, GB situation. In the, um, it's it's one where I think it's going to have to be handled so carefully because um, obviously it, you you want GB to have the opportunity to get uh, through to the World Cup um, tournaments, but. At the same time, you don't want to then force GB to have to play as GB in the European Championships, uh, especially because I think the the World Championships are now being yearly uh, since we moved. Um, so it would be every year that it would have to be played as GB, not the every other year that it previously was. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a... That's quite a... I said delicate subject. I think it's quite it's it's being handled quite well by the EDF. They're quite um, they're quite aware of the potential implications of of GB intruding into the I say intruding uh, becoming a part of the European sphere. But yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of things that need to that need to happen for that to happen. So we'll we'll enjoy the home nations while they last at the very least. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I think the, the group that uh, is part of the committee and stuff uh, have really done amazingly well um, at, at all of the tournaments and everything. Um, like the amount of times you see them heading over to sort out stream, the fact that all the courts were streamed, um, and I think a lot of that was actually just volunteers going, well, okay, hang on, we can do this in order to get that to work. So it's really a huge shout out to to all the people you wouldn't think to shout out for. Um, so, although the refs were amazing and uh, great, but actually, it's the other people around that that really made the tournament work well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's an awful lot of volunteers, even with the even with like the kids stuff on the very first day. Um, a lot of people. Uh, going out of their way to make sure that ran as as well as it did, and then probably again when um, some of the teams were stranded and struggling to get to Newcastle, the fact that we were able to reschedule and keep it going as smoothly as we did is a yeah massive props to the to the organisers and all the volunteers that made that happen. Yeah. Cool. Cheers for your time, guys. Take care. Thanks for having Perfect. us.